0: Hi, Mariah. Hey, Casey. And hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The podcast. Uh, this week, we are telling the story of Air Canada Flight 797. We did uh, receive your feedback. Thank you for letting us know that you enjoy having the story told in a more unbroken uh style <laughs> so what yeah. we started to do was uh try to stick to the story in the first half and then after the break it's more banter chitter chat yeah. just fun little stories <laughs> and uh, like movies we liked as a kid and everything yeah. like that if you don't want to listen to it that's fine Skip and it. what you can do is still email us at <laughs> yeah. uh, podcast at gmail.com yeah
1: And if you don't like the new format,
0: email us and tell us. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok. If you just want to hear the story, uh, you can hear that in the first half of this episode. And after you listen to the ad in the middle, you can stop listening. Yes. (laughs) And if you would like to hear more, just let it play. Let it play. So so let us know how you like the new format. Let us know if you just want to have a chat. Let us know if you have a cool story that you'd like to tell us. You can also send us uh, 60-second clips with any corrections, any stories, anything you want to add at the link that you can find in the description. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thank you. Today, our flight is Air Canada 797. Yes, uh, I love
1: me some Canada.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Air Canada. I've never flown on Air Canada. Have you flown on Air Canada? I don't think
1: so. I don't think so.
2: I, I don't yeah, think I have to I've flown, which West is kind South. of
1: odd considering growing up in Buffalo.
0: Right. But what are you gonna do? Go to yeah. Toronto to fly to America?
1: No. Okay. A lot of people do that. Have what you? Do, have, I, did you ever do that?
0: Yeah, I did that i when we when i went to india i flew out of toronto and when we flew back from turkey on like that Mm. emergency flight oh right right yeah that was toronto was like five hundred dollars cheaper or something
1: yeah see like in a situation like that 100 percent. i just i've i was never in a situation where it was cheap enough to make a difference and i always just thought like how much what's my threshold to have to drive to toronto (laughs) Right, yeah, were that to be worth it? $500, probably. Probably
0: $200. The for Canadians, like in at Buffalo, a third of our passengers were Canadian, Mm. and that's because if you're flying to a location in the U.S., if you drive into the U.S. and then fly to somewhere in the U.S., you don't have to pay the taxes, right? So the the flights are cheaper because that's just domestic travel, right? Um, but. If you are, there's probably other reasons, I guess, like passport and stuff like that. Like maybe you have only a Nexus card and you're Canadian and you want to fly to Miami. You can drive across and then use your Nexus card to fly to Miami and you don't need a passport. Oh, stuff nice. like
1: that. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like if you're going to Toronto to fly into the US, you have
0: to absolutely have a passport. Yeah. That I like for Americans. There are people that I know that will probably hear this conversation that have had that exact experience. Of a, like an American person who found a cheap t- ticket yeah. from Toronto to somewhere in the U.S. So they drove to Toronto, yeah. didn't have their passport, couldn't fly back into the U.S. Oh. without their own passport. I know.
1: Well, because it, it's like we cross the border all the time. It's, you know, it's just not something you think about.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So Air Canada 797. Um we're in 1983, baby. Yeah. And, yes. Smoking and, on planes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is going to feature heavily in this story. Oh, It seems oh, like it okay. comes up, and I don't know, uh, like, it seems like it comes up in our flights, doesn't it? Like, doesn't it feel like... It really does. The fact that you can smoke on planes was actually maybe a problem. Right, right. <laughs> um, June 2nd, so it's a beautiful summer day. Flight is a DC-9 um, so not a DC 10, so not quite as good as all that, but, mm. a DC nine, um, that is a plane, uh, depending on the configuration, it has like a really wide range of seats it could hold, but this particular plane mm. with the layout was meant to hold, I think around 105 passengers. I couldn't find an exact number. Okay, There were actually 41 passengers on board. So pretty sparse, pretty yeah. comfy. The layout is two and three, if that makes sense. So two on the right side and then three on the other side. So with half the passengers, everybody's pretty comfy. Yeah. That's most people with, yeah. Um, There's five crew on board. So there's the Captain Donald, First Officer Claude. We're actually going to name the flight attendants in this one because they're important players. So we got Judy, Laura. And the head flight attendant, Sergio. Okay. So the flight is flying from uh, Dallas to Montreal with a stopover in Toronto, as a matter of fact. (laughs) The plane is currently, at the moment that our story begins, it's flying over Missouri. Um, And it's 6.51, and the flight attendants are starting to serve dinner, which is very nice. So... Which, I mean, again, back to the olden days, I do not think okay. this flight would be... I don't think they would serve dinner on this flight now. From Dallas to... I think they might ask you if you want to buy no. dinner. They might go down. I don't know. Maybe our Canada serves dinner still, but... Possibly. Uh, so they're serving dinner, and <laughs> the pilots are, you know, flying along. They hear, like, a little pop of a circuit breaker, right? And they check the circuit board, and three circuits have popped, um, all associated with the lavatory, with the bathroom, right? So, the circuits that popped um, uh, are connected to the bathroom, the, like, flush mechanism on the toilet, and apparently this maybe it I don't know if it's just in the 80s, but apparently this happened all the time. Uh, especially at dinner time, everybody's getting up to use the bathroom, they're flushing, and it's just they ruin everything and mm. blow it up and break the circuit jeez
1: wait so the the flushing
0: is like apparently electric? there's like a little like motor a, they
1: need like a little motor in electricity there. to flush it yeah oh i yeah. guess <laughs> that makes
0: sense yeah. it is forceful right? it is it's very scary. forceful <laughs> but the uh so yeah, the pilot aggressive. just like you know pops circuits right like oh, it tries to flip the circuits back and they immediately push back. So I think my impression, uh, forgive me, world, but I think that the way these circuits work aren't like the way ours do in our houses, where we like it's a switch that you flip, but it's like a pop, like you press a button in or it pushes out. So mm-hmm. to reset it, you push it back in. So as soon as he pushes it back in, mm-hmm. uh, the three circuits they pop back out, and they just think and the. The pilot, the captain's Ooh. exact words are, somebody must have flushed a rag down there. <laughs> and because it just like wouldn't, it it was, you know, not working. The, the circus wouldn't flip back. And so he decides, I'm just going to wait, like yeah. give it a few minutes, see if it works itself out, and then I'll flip it again. At the same time, in the back of the plane, near the aft lavatory, as we would say, or the, you know, back bathroom, the passenger sitting in the mm. last row, like, smells something foul like something suspicious and he tells judy judy is the flight attendant Mm -hmm. working in the back the back half of the cabin and uh judy you know also smells it so she like traces the smell to the bathroom she pushes the door open just Mm -hmm. a couple of inches and sees that it's full of like hazy gray smoke so uh, judy goes to tell laura laura tells sergio and sergio comes back to investigate he brings the fire extinguisher along now this is 1983 smoking in the bathroom again this is at a time where your parents my parents all of our parents were smoking in the bathroom at school because it wasn't suspicious right because teachers were smoking there too like that was a way to get away with it was to smoke in the bathroom as if people don't know (laughs) as if it's like a secret
1: right right well, and I was thinking it must have been right. pretty smoky well, for I them mean, to notice that I think it was smoky.
0: About like the quality of smoke, probably that like smoking smoke and other is smoke is different. Yeah. Right.
2: The, it's thicker.
0: Uh, Sergio comes back with the fire extinguisher and he opens the door. He doesn't open it all the way because, it, but when he opens it, he can see there's like black curls of smoke starting. It's not just that hazy gray smoke that could be maybe again cigarette smoke, mm. it's like black curls of smoke coming up. And he can't see where it's coming from because it's just so Mm. smoky in there. So he basically takes a fire extinguisher and just like sticks his arm in and like into the bathroom. Just like see, you know, he doesn't see any flames, but he just, whatever. He's got the fire extinguisher, sticks his arm in everywhere. That sound is probably going to be unbearable. (laughs) I apologize on the recording. While he's doing that, Laura runs up and tells the uh, pilots that there's some smoke in the bathroom. Uh, the captain right away puts his mask on right again they have the portable oxygen masks in the cockpit and he has puts his goggles on which is new i've never read a story and maybe i just missed it every time but i i thought Hmm. it was cool that they apparently have smoke goggles
1: yeah well and it's funny too because you think like pilots oh yeah old school pilots have goggles yeah you know like you think the scarf yeah i hadn't thought of that like i wonder if it's similar
0: tell us yeah. yeah, the um. So he puts his goggles on, like us, old please. timey dude, and uh, he asks the first officer Claude to go back and check it out, see what's up. Um. So as so, Claude, here's the thing. Claude doesn't take his oxygen. Claude doesn't take his goggles. Claude just hops up to go back and check it out. Uh, God. as he's going back, he can see that the back few rows of seats have started to fill with smoke like people are getting up and moving forward the back of the plane is mm. starting to get hazy and so he can't get all the way to the back he just he he sees the smoke from where he is he he gets up and while he's like trying to see what he can see through the smoke um claude and sergio right have a conversation about it there doesn't go all the way back to check it out Um, but he talks to Sergio and Sergio tells him "Uh, I don't think it's like a cigarette in the garbage I don't think that's what it is I don't know what it is I couldn't see fire but I I don't I think it's something Mm. besides just somebody throwing out their cigarette in the garbage which probably happened a billion times a day in the Mm. 80s And uh, so Claude comes back to the cockpit and he says like I I think we should land. Like I'm not sure what's up but I think we should land. But he doesn't tell the captain that Sergio didn't think it was a fire in the in the garbage can he doesn't pass that along so the um... captain still has that in his head he thinks like okay so there's a fire in the garbage can probably happens all the time but like sure like caution like let's we can land whatever um so yeah meanwhile so what's actually happening at this moment is a, a fire has started in the lavatory right or in the somewhere in the back of the plane And it started to travel in between Mm. the outer skin of the plane and the inner decor lining of the plane. So there's a fire slowly, slowly crawling in between where anyone would be able to physically see it. Oh, my God. Up from the back of the plane forward. But the captain thinks it's a cigarette in the garbage can. So... As they're starting to figure out, like, where they should uh, emergency land, because, again, fire's a fire, so they're they're talking about landing. Uh, Sergio comes in and says, like, hey, smoke's kind of clearing up. Uh, they had opened a vent of some kind to I try to push all the smoke back from the front of the plane to keep the smoke from um, traveling to the front of the plane. And whatever happened, that had the effect of starting to uh, give the smoke the appearance of clearing up so again the captain thinks like sure checks out it's a cigarette in the garbage can now it's clearing up perfect uh he sends claude back to check it out again uh and when he looks back because this is the olden days so the cockpit door is open and the captain can just turn around and look back it does look like it's clearing up it looks pretty good Hmm. so claude gets up uh, yeah. doesn't have his goggles again <laughs> and so the captain hands him his goggles and Claude puts the go- goggles on Jeez. and heads back towards the bathroom and again, it's it's true that it's not that smoky, um, but he gets to the door and here's some good fire safety tips friends, friends and family so you may already know mm. this but if you think, if there's smoke yeah. coming from a room something seems, you have the impression that there's a fire on the other side of this door and you walk up to it and the door is hot, or the door handle is hot. Don't open that door. Yeah. Whatever's in that door, it belongs to the fire yeah. now. Like God forbid, I'd, I don't want any. May this never happen to anyone, <laughs> anyone ever Goodbye. again. But so Quad puts his hand on the door, no. and it's hot. It's uh, terrible. So he follows good fire safety technique and doesn't open it. Um, but he is. It is scary right yeah. now. He's you know having that heart sinking feeling. Like okay, this is there's actually a fire on the other side of this this isn't a cigarette that's going to just put itself out in the garbage can right so he uh comes back up to the cockpit as he's on his way to the cockpit the again captain has it in his head in his head at this moment cigarette in the garbage can easing up now chill everything's good instead the master caution light illuminates Mm. So, the uh, plane is telling him that the electrical functions of the aircraft have started to malfunction or become disabled. The Claude makes his way back up to the uh, cockpit and says, uh, what he I wrote down, he says, "I don't like what's happening. I think we better go down, okay? like a little more like urgent, like this is I'm starting to get freaked out. like let's land this plane yeah. uh, at that point, another." warning light illuminates uh this one says that the emergency electrical uh systems have failed right more electrical systems have failed uh they call air traffic control at this point uh louisville airport is very close to them um but they choose cincinnati which is also very close cincinnati is 40 45 kilometers away so it's not far um 18 miles in freedom units um so they yeah, something like that. Yeah. so something they like decide that. to go to Cincinnati <clears throat> they're talking to Cincinnati air traffic control, keeping them updated as they're headed toward Cincinnati, losing all of their electrical systems, uh, the horizontal stabilizer gets is stuck. You can't move the horizontal stabilizer on this aircraft without your electrical um, systems. So the horizontal stabilizer is stuck in the cruising oh. position, making it very difficult to descend. The power steering that we've talked about before has also failed. They don't have power steering ability, Mm -hmm. which means that in order to push the plane, so the yoke of the plane that they use to steer, uh, I know there's more to steering a plane than that, but, you know, um, they have to put like 45 (laughs) pounds of force to control it. Like, and again, these are... Precise wow. movements, right? So you have to press down. Like imagine, like having to sew with forty-five pounds of force or something, right? Like something intricate. but You have to like physically force right. it forward or back or to the side. Uh, like if you had a forty-five, if you, if you had to steer a plane with a forty-five pound kid, you know? Yeah. Or your dog? How much does your dog weigh? Right. <laughs> okay, so two of your dogs? No, dog half of your dogs. We got so Two we get of, my <laughs> um, of my dogs. So nose, yeah. as they are struggling to control <laughs> yeah. the plane, as they're struggling to land the plane, the smoke is becoming thicker and thicker and thicker. But they can't deploy the oxygen uh, masks because they're afraid that it will release more oxygen into the plane. All of the passengers, thankfully, it is a pretty empty flight, so the passengers are able to move forward. Obviously, when this happens on a full plane, it can be incredibly chaotic and scary because there's nowhere for the people to go. All the passengers have moved up to the front of the plane, uh, but the smoke is getting thicker and thicker. Uh, they, you know, obviously declare a state of emergency. You know, they, they tell Cincinnati that they need assistance landing because they don't have any of their electrical systems. They don't have the systems that would allow yeah. them, like, um, help them land the plane. So as they're landing, Cincinnati is um, giving them directions on how to land. I'm going to read this part because I know that somebody will appreciate it. As air traffic control is helping helping guide them uh, to land, uh, the horizontal stabilizer is inoperative. The captain extends the flaps and slats incrementally through 0, 5, 15, 25, and 40 degree positions as they're landing. They do touch down. So they touch down at 7:20. It's 29 minutes after the very circuits. It's a long time to just wow, have this like slowly long, building thing because they those popped, but nobody really started to take any kind yeah. of action for like 10 or 12 minutes, right? So uh, they land right. the plane. They open all of the doors immediately. So boom, boom, boom. Everybody opens all five emer- emergency doors. The pilots. Actually, slide out of like their individual like slide escapes out of the cockpit. So the uh, yeah the crew all like gets off the plane and they're helping to guide people off the plane. There's firefighters there. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's uh, 46 people on board. 18 exactly half of them get off the plane, and the plane just boom, goes up in flames. It's called flashover, where it gets so hot that everything on the plane spontaneously combusts from the heat. So after the 18th person got off the plane, everyone who's still on board died in the fire. So obviously they still, you know, went tried to put it out and they tried to rescue anyone they could but exactly half of the people survived Wow! so this flight um actually is one of the flights where they made a lot of changes after this incident um Mm -hmm. when the so this was air canada it was an Air Canada plane, but it happened in the U.S. So the accident happened in the U.S. So uh, the NTSB uh, mm-hmm. investigated it. The NTSB did their investigation. And I'm going to read it. So so uh, when the NTSB was doing their investigation, they couldn't find signs of arcing in any of the wires. Right. Because that was one of the things that they had thought that maybe um, a charge or electricity had arced from one wire to somewhere where it shouldn't be. And that had started a fire because they're trying to find the location of the mm. fire, but they they can't. They can't find it. And the plane has been so badly burned um, that it's very difficult to do the investigation. Um, as part of the investigation, obviously, again, we talked mm. about it. The things they pull up are like your record as a pilot, they pull up um the plane's record right all the the history of the plane this plane had had 76 reports 76 reported plot uh, like problems in the no. last year in the last 12 months 76 76 no 76 problems reported in the last what? year car has 76 problems no. in one year you're like oh i hate this car <laughs>
1: You're, no after problem number right and so so three, the thing obviously like this with car.
0: planes is that like there is like a detailed record kept of like what you know what's going on with them you know every time a pilot has an experience or an engineer notices something or anybody they make a report of it um but it's never you know it's like the a pilot won't be flying the same plane all the time an engineer won't be looking at the same plane all the time right the plane goes everywhere um the Okay, so another aspect. So in the last year, there's been 76 reports. But four years ago, the plane had suffered an explosive decompression in the rear bulkhead that required Mm. them to rebuild the entire tail (coughs) section. Yeah. So they had... uh, This is again. If you're technical, I hope this makes sense to you. So they had to replace or splice most of the wiring and hydraulic lines in the back of the plane. So the the where the approximate location of where the the fire appeared to start was where there had been all of this damage and repair. So you know the NTSB obviously is suspicious of that, right? But it's really hard to investigate because yeah. the plane is is burned up. Um so in 1984, so the next year, their final report concluded that the cause of the accident were a fire of undetermined origin. Yes, accurate. Uh the flight crew's yep, underestimation right. of the fire severity and conflicting fire progress Oof. information given to the captain. So they yeah, they blamed the flight attendants for um Basically, they blamed Sergio for saying, like, hey, I think it's clearing up. They blamed the co pilot for not um, repeating the information to the pilot, you know, that it doesn't appear to be a cigarette in the trash can. Yeah. They blamed the pilot or the captain rather for not taking it seriously. So they did, they, they said, like, it's all of your fault, like, and the fire. It's the wow. fire's fault, but it's also your fault. And, um, so everybody wow. got criticized, but this is kind of interesting. So the, the, uh, a lot, so after the NTSB filed that report, um, the captain, you know, he admitted that he, uh, had assumed that it was a cigarette in the garbage can, right? Like he was open about that from the beginning Like he, the information he had, um, just your confirmation bias it's right, the yeah. 80s again, like sure cigarette right. yeah fire smoke you it all, right? see it all the time right happens all the um, time so right after the NTSB, ntsb filed their report uh a like army of commercial pilots basically wrote to them and was like hey jerks like what what the heck like why like this is not you should revise wow. this report like you have Good. to you know take everything into consideration the first right right well nobody ever saw the fire fire. until like the end right nobody saw flames until the end right the um first officer sent the ntsb he like wrote a letter to the ntsb with like very detailed descriptions of like how they had made decisions, why they had made decisions. One of the things that the NTSB had uh, criticized was that they didn't land in Louisville, that they said they should have landed there instead of in Cincinnati. And he wrote Mm. like, no, because we were at cruising altitude and like, how were we going to just like drop out of the, we're not a helicopter. We can't drop out of the sky to land in Louisville. Like we need time to, like, get down there or whatever. Right. Um, So after everybody kind of, like, complained to the NTSB, they actually did revise the report to um, just direct the blame more clearly. And I do think, so someday we're going to have not an NTSB person necessarily, although, listen, you work for the NTSB, hit us up. But um, I think it's worth saying that All of these investigative agencies that investigate plane crashes and aviation incidences are not supposed to be about, like, blame. It's supposed to be about what happened. Like, what are all the factors? And that's why the pilot's conduct is always up for grabs because, like... did they contribute right because they're trying to figure out how do we get people like how do we get people to communicate better how do we get people like it's not supposed to be about blame but in real life it sure feels like blame right like that's the reality so they did revise the report and um both all of the crew like the flight attendants and the pilots all were um like won different awards in canada and like were honored for saving, you know, 18 people's lives. Right. And, um, this is also the flight or the incident that led to, um, better, better commercial, like aviation, firefighting techniques and like training, um, better Mm. the like strip lights on the floor, um, that lead you to the emergency exit. In a, yeah in smoky conditions they added those oh, after yeah. this mm-hmm. smoke detectors in the bathroom of a plane they added <laughs> that <it>. this yeah <laughs> this plate is what caused them That's to good, add though. those smoke detectors in the bathroom yeah and, oh, wow. and one more thing strip lights. oh better firefighting training Oh, and the exit row passenger thing. So if you sit in the exit row now today, right, if you have an exit row seat, the uh, flight attendant will come over and ask you, like, will you help? Are you helpful? Can you help? And you have to say yes, or you can't sit there. And um, that came from this flight because they didn't feel like people. So now the rules for uh, uh, an aircraft is that, when the manufacturer and the uh, like is designing an aircraft for an airline, they have to show that the entire plane full of people can evacuate in 90 seconds. They have to show that that's possible. Yeah. Or that size of a plane, plane or like any I plane? I think any plane, no matter how big it is, has to be able to evacuate within 90 seconds completely full. And that's why, obviously, you know, a huge plane has more exits and like different safety features and stuff like that. It's unfathomable to me that, like, a a huge a plane that seats 400 people could evacuate that quickly but i guess right at least this is my understanding that that's the rule they have to be able to evacuate they have to be able to show that it's possible to evacuate now are you on your flight from whatever going to be able to evacuate in 90 seconds i hope so you should listen to the flight attendants you should listen to the pilots you should uh like not grab your bag not grab your bag your bag's staying right and
1: not Oh my god. Right, and let and the people in front of orderly, you go first. Like keep it orderly.
0: It's very scary, but keep yeah, it orderly. orderly. So yeah, so this flight, I mean it's it's I mean it's a horrible tragedy and like just that feeling of like it's sneaking up on you like that. Like you just think it's no big deal and oh yeah. But it's...
1: just i don't know like the i don't know i mean i think it's i'm glad that they like the that uh, organization changed their report because i just i don't know it it just reminds me it kind of just goes back to like that capitalism (laughs) bullshit again of just like you know we can't the the plane should not be responsible Regardless of, you know, the 70-something mm-hmm. reports that have, have happened, regardless of all these other, you know, parts, there's going to be human error. Like, yeah, yeah of course there's going to be human error. Every single time there's going to be human error. But it doesn't mean,
0: well. That's, like, I, mean, that is, I don't uh, know. So, I'm, again, somebody correct me if this isn't true. I know a lot of countries have a rule that the, whatever the Aviation Safety Board, their information, their report can't be used in criminal proceedings and because it's like it's not supposed to be it's i understand like i understand that there's a kind of person and this kind of person often does really well working for the government who can like really really compartmentalize everything and just say like this is not a Mm -hmm. it's about all of the contributing factors we're just naming the contributing factors we're not talking about blame we're not laying blame we're not doing that but human error as part was one of the factors so we list it but again in real life like in in practice everybody like walking around it it feels like blame it just does yeah, yeah.
1: it really does well and i i mean that's just how we are like now na- that's how we're naturally responding to it right you know it's like human error of course the response is going to be like right. well it's the pilot's fault like right you know and something has to be so
0: like cataclysmically wrong (laughs) for them not to put human error right like again the like max episodes that we did right that's like it has to be that extreme like none of those reports said human error right the different type of human error yeah but (laughs) but i don't think it's gonna say human error right um but yeah Yeah. did it is crazy to think that like smoke detectors weren't on planes i guess it would have been annoying yeah because people were smoking on them <laughs>
1: yeah but, probably yeah
2: <laughs>
0: probably but isn't a
1: don't i don't know this to be true i have no idea but don't smoke detectors like it has to be a certain density i've of heard smoke i don't know if there's off? different
0: kinds of smoke detectors or something because i've heard some people say it's heat really yeah. that's detecting and not smoke our smoke detector oh. goes off Maybe 50% of the time when we cook. So, what's up with that? Yeah, I think it's because our apartment is already Currently? So hot. That's my, I suspect <laughs> our apartment is already so, so hot. That's oh, right. right, right. It's just like, what's going on? Yeah. It's a fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, actually.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So then it's, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. Like, oh it's my gosh, good, but it's so it's sad. sad. I mean,
0: the whole. i mean people talk about i know i could like hound on this all day every day but please please listen to the people that are telling you how to stay safe on planes because like somebody died and sometimes a ton of people died to like keep you safe right to i mean why do we know that like yeah, you shouldn't open a door if you feel, like, if it feels hot and you think there might be a fire behind it, right? Because other people opened that door right. and oxygen got in and intensified right. the fire. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we can have a fire safety officer on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, seriously. I was just thinking, though, like, um, we had fire safety training at work one time. Um and we were taught pass, I think it is. <laughs> I mean I couldn't mm. tell you what it is now. <laughs> um,
0: the only fire safety I really remember is stop, drop and roll. Uh, didn't you
1: Ah yeah. Didn't the, you the think classic you need that stop, drop, when you were a kid? Like
0: didn't you think? Yeah.
1: Way more. Yeah. Quicksand, quicksand oh my stop gosh. drop and roll way more i thought quicksand so, i thought more. quicksand
0: was just like gonna be out there like i was gonna need to know how to get out of it i had a like lot everywhere. of everywhere um, like how to escape like if you fall through the ice like how to escape but i think that was like a little bit relevant to oh, our lives yeah. in Buffalo. <laughs> like yeah but yeah um, it really still was. didn't come up
1: oh i people... watched those youtube videos like those escapist youtube yeah. videos of like if you're in like the little short ones like bear girls is awesome yeah but the, the little like short i watched videos. one of those on like
0: how to survive getting buried alive and
1: but oh my gosh you need okay, to send that to me because that is actually help a because fear. i watched
0: it and i was like i don't think i could do this like i think i like if if i was down there and you if just you plainly, yeah, played just this video for me up. like i don't think i'm getting out of that but like i don't know <laughs> yeah
1: give me a a diy a step-by-step tutorial of how to get out it's
0: just it it seems kind of let's say it's it's optimistic about what anyone would be able to do in that circumstance (laughs) but i actually know a kid that's funny um i I don't know if i can like remove enough details to make this story tellable but um at at a (laughs) boy scout event a boy was too close to the fire and the fire his his pants caught fire and he obviously panicked initially like, oh, for a moment. no and all of the boy scouts screamed stop job, and roll stop job, and, roll! and the kid like dropped on the ground and like rolled 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 and it put the fire out so success yeah it did it did
1: it, it did awesome i've it never got. actually seen it work not that i've not like Right, yeah, you I've just never seen anybody do it. I don't think. <laughs> when
0: I was little, we were watching like a um, I don't know, just a kids Sunday morning. Did you watch? Oh my God! Okay, world, who remembers Christian TV on Saturday morning? <laughs> on Saturday morning. On Saturday morning. TBS, TNT, T Christy. Trinity, TB, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network.
1: Oh.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Vaguely. A like little, at little. what ages were you? Yeah. Oh, little. No, no, no. My my family <laughs> yeah. wasn't into that. Someone at, out at that there
0: time. knows what I'm talking about. And like <laughs> slogan Junction or something. My mom is gonna listen to this and know what I'm talking about, so I can ask her. But um I can't remember any of it. But I do yes. remember that they were, you know, it's children's television, so they were doing like, if you're scared, if you need help, like call 911 or whatever. It was like. Those like dancing puppets and stuff, which like make yeah. me so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of the puppets, like no thing. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. I love it. it's art. Oh my god, so nauseous. But they
1: and they sold those. They sold those puppets yeah, it... like, in the Christian bookstore. Why? I don't know. See, that's funny that you say this because I always used to think like when we would go like as teenagers, if we would go into like the Christian bookstore or whatever. And I w- we would see those puppets why? and we would just be like, why? Like, why are these here? But now it's coming full circle. You telling the story. I know like, why those are there.
0: Exactly. Now. And I think that's because of that show. For, like, children's ministries and stuff. But I, I'll i finish the story and then we'll swing back into it. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, all I remember is like watching this like doop-de-doop, like these like puppet people telling you to call nine one one and I was like, I'm gonna do it. And I got up and dialed nine one one and then hung up. <gasps> but I like didn't know if it had worked because like I'm a baby, how to use a phone. And I did oh, it, it like a couple more times. Yeah. And then obviously police officers yeah. showed up at the door. And I remember like the door, like somebody rang yeah. the doorbell and I like went up and like peeked out the window because I was one that was downstairs. And I see there's cops there. And I freaking ran away. <laughs> like goodbye. <laughs> and <laughs> right didn't say anything don't know who did it. Any, like i didn't i didn't tell my parents there were cops there either i just was like <laughs> oh my gosh and then so scary oh my god, and then so my scary. parents came down and yeah I remember i don't remember which of my parents it was but they were like who called anyone? <laughs> <laughs> and i was so embarrassed and i couldn't believe it worked though i was like oh my god, oh my god. yeah right you're like affected. oh my gosh i just like summoned these officers <laughs> so yeah, quick so quickly, quickly at least in my kid brain but oh man <laughs> yes. i wonder christian bookstores man remember that remember bookstores but especially <sighs> christian bookstores oh, the world win.
1: yeah that is like another that is another and they never no. changed not once like it was i'm sure if i walked into one now it would be the exact same. Like, I could tell you where the Bibles were. Oh, I could tell you where the section, kids section so. was.
0: We, there was a really, really big, like, like Kingston, Kingston, Ontario. There, there is at least two people who are Canadian who listen to this. Listen to me, Canadians. We talk about Canada every, every time, every week. We love Canada. Yeah, literally every episode. Email us. We want to we know more about you. Yeah. If you are hearing we this, we hear from you. Canada, you should email us. And if you're listening to this in two years, still email us yep. like it's to it. <laughs> but yeah. um, the yeah, podcast exactly. at gmail.com. But um, there was a really, <laughs> really big Christian bookstore in Kingston. Uh, I think it was logos maybe. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. Mm. And they played veggie tales in the kids section just on a yeah. loop all the time. And it was oh. what a good time. Amazing. My parents bought the tapes from that store. I If I'm wrong, my mom will tell me she's the only one this. But yeah. um, I guess my dad. But hey, mom. Um, I I'm pretty sure my parents bought them from that store. And then we were like the holders of the veggie tapes because like it's you know, so we would like yes. lend them or like bring them to church and like we had the tapes. Yeah. And yeah. yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Did you think... feel so special as a kid? Because you guys held I like, the, the tapes. You know I'm a
0: communist. So like I was very much about sharing and so it just felt like this is so wonderful. We have this yeah. like, great resource to share <laughs> and like you could invite kids over to watch them and stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, So good. I would have felt so yeah. proud. Like my yeah. family yeah. has the VeggieTale tapes.
0: Yeah. I, like I, amazing. I, looked, I thought people like the, the one family had um, what did they have? uh the old robin hood like the the, the cartoon robin hood oh, yeah the like disney the, one. Disney, and, the disney and oh my gosh yeah. i just thought like this is so cool like and chitty chitty bang bang <laughs>
1: yes i we should watch love it. chitty chitty bang bang we should we need to and um i am not Dick gonna remember his name right now and i'm not even gonna look it up no, no, no! I love Dick Van Dyke, but um, the guy, the dad in oh, Sound of did? Music, just died, and Sound of Music is like my oh, favorite movie of all time. Sound
0: of music. I
1: so sad, but he, I mean, he was like ninety. Yeah. I'm glad he so, lived really so, like, long. Yeah, he lived a long life. But, yeah,
0: that's what yeah. the Sound of Music is is Apu's real life. Yeah, my yes,
1: exactly. It's like the first movie about like it's legal true. refugees. Or, like, like, the I, UN definition my, of refugees. I,
0: the future father of my children exists because his father yeah. crossed, like, walked over the mountains into Austria or whatever. I think Austria. Yeah. yeah of course, Austria. Right. So, yeah. Crazy times. Uh, now that we're good. Oh, and here, I'll bring crazy it full time. circle. And op, my dear, sweet, marvelous, lovely father-in-law took a plane, right, because his family were refugees, and they took yeah. a plane to the U.S., um, and it was super scary for a kid, and now Apu yeah. uh, flies, despite uh, his intense fear of flying. He still flies, but it's, it's yeah. scary business. Are we allowed to talk oh about gosh, yeah. another person we're close to who's afraid of flying? Yes, that person 100%. Is.
1: Yes. <laughs> my husband he's <laughs> oh. He is terrified. Okay, can I Please. just tell this really quick though? Oh my gosh. So last summer. No 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 no. Was it last summer? No, it was not. Uh three years ago, twenty eighteen it was. He had just graduated from NYU Tish yeah. and is Ty's um... husband. Um
0: Nope. Mariah's uh, husband Ty. Yes, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Either way.
1: Um, and uh, you know, we lived in Buffalo at the time, so he moved from New York to Buffalo, New York City to back to Buffalo, where I was living at the time, and uh, like didn't have any work for a while, so he's like, you know, I'm gonna go out to LA. Well, because I mean, you know, he was going to school and working very little while he was in school, we didn't have a lot of money, so I was like, all right, if you're gonna go out to LA. We Like, we don't, we can't afford JetBlue. Like, we just yeah. we can't afford nice planes. You have to take
2: whatever to we can afford. And it
1: was it was oh! I think it was Spirit Air. Oh! And his, like, I think he is still traumatized oh. from that flight from buffalo to orlando yeah, or whatever their hub orlando. is i think their hub is in orlando um and he has not he has flown one time since or no two times since the on the way back which oh. canceled his ticket and saved up enough money in la that he made to purchase yes. a jet blue ticket yes. so that he knew he would oh. be safe. Um, and so now he only flies on you know high class, bougie which is like Jet but...
0: Someday, a JetBlue exec will listen to this and be like, Oh man, someone thinks we're bougie. This is the best,
1: yeah. Yes, <laughs> listen. In my world, Jet Blue is, bougie. JetBlue,
0: I've got nothing, but...
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a great. It's, I mean, I don't know, I don't know anybody who works for Jet so I don't know how they treat well, their comparatively.
0: But... So, again, maybe,
1: yeah, oh, good, Compared good, that's really good to hear.
0: The great Satan Delta and american and united yeah, right. <laughs> um they oh i think they God. they treat them Definitely. they i know they, their starting pay is fairly high um i think the airline industry is always kind of tough because it's all seniority based so it takes a long time to like be a human being there sure. but um everybody right. uh, well, here's what i'll say in buffalo all of the JetBlue employees were pretty sorry for us like they felt sorry for us so yeah. Definitely. Oh, wow. They've got, there's a lot I could say, but if a JetBlue employee wants to tell us um, themselves, you can.
2: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pod Crashed. Um, one correction right off the bat uh, anybody who is good at doing a little bit of math in their head, probably noticed that 18 plus 18 does not equal 46. So in fact, uh, there were 23 survivors and 23 people lost their lives on this flight. Uh, 18 passengers and five crew members survived while 23 people lost their lives on board. Our hearts go out to people who lost their own lives or lost loved ones on this flight. If you noticed anything else we got wrong, please don't hesitate to email us or even send us a voice memo using the link in the description. You can also use that link to send us 60-second stories that you might uh, like to tell. Or if you have a longer story, you're welcome to email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and on Patreon. We'll look forward to putting out a new episode next Thursday. Thank you so much for listening.